we need to create a framework or strategy that's unique to them and unique to us where we have a mini monopoly. And as you go down that thought process, it makes you think differently in how you attack problems. I'm Jim Huffman, and this is If I Was Starting Today, a collection of conversations about half-baked startup ideas, growth tactics, and stories from founders, including my own journey as a business owner. All of the content is centered around one question. What would you do if you were starting today? Today on the podcast, I want to give an update on how my agency growth hit is, is going. We'll do the $3 million challenge update, but I want to go deep into growth hit to see if that's helpful to anybody that's running a company or specifically an agency. I'm going to hit on what's the state of the market, the highs and lows of running agency right now. And then I'm going to talk about seven frameworks that I've been trying to apply to run my business. I am a first-time founder, CEO. I'm trying to figure this out as I go, and I'm constantly learning from my mistakes. So these frameworks try and catch me on those. But yeah, so we'll, we'll get into it. So you all know that the $3 million challenge, it's simple. We have this growth agency called Growth Hit. And we're like, hey, if we're such a good growth team, why don't we just grow our own stuff? So we have One Day Design, our productized service. That has just crossed over $150,000 in sales. So it's cool that we hit that milestone and it's growing, but we're having some issues with it. It's good for one and done projects, but it's not really working for retention. So we're trying to figure out how do we rethink the product offering for retention. And that's where we're at right now is testing different packages and products. In the last episode with John Doherty, and I compared notes on going through product market fit and how it's freaking hard and like what you do to come out of it. But it is making money. It is a little bit profitable. So we'll see. One big win from that, though, is we recently picked up the pace on Outbound. We went very aggressive with cold email outreach and we got a database of like 10,000 e-commerce store owners and we're very aggressive with giving them free CRO assessments. It led to basically 15 calls in five days, which is good. Also exhausting if you're someone like me that doesn't want to be on Zoom all the time. But it's been a great way to test out different prices and products. So... I'll keep you posted on how that goes, but it's it's been a learning curve for sure. The second brand we have in the $3 million challenge, we're going from productized service to direct-to-consumer. It's our brand, Handsome Chaos. We are making a men's dry shampoo pomade. We're trying to create a product that has not been created before. We've been manufacturing a product now. I'm actually embarrassed to even say how long, so I might even abbreviate it, but it's like over a year and a half. We had, we've got the formulation after a year, but then our manufacturer pulled out. We had to find a new one. We had to go through a new reformulation. We just got those in. They're good, but we still have some tweaks. So that sucks. And manufacturing products is hard. But what's the silver lining with this? Well, our partner in this, Angela, who's also our creative director at Growth Hit, we're trying to look at the bright side. And we're actually rethinking our go-to-market strategy and trying to be very thoughtful with it. And we actually are rethinking the name, the positioning. We bought a domain. I'm pumped to... I'll probably bring her on. We can talk about how we thought through it. But my goal is to be launching that in Q4 this year. And that'll be cool. I can actually tell you guys about how much we're spending on ads 
and how much product we bought and did it make money and who are the partners we're working on there. Okay. And so, and if you're looking for money on that one, we have not made a dollar. And then the third part of the $3 million challenge is our agency growth. That is in seven figures. And that's what I wanted to go a little bit deeper on today. So with growth hit, we are actually approaching 40 people as far as total headcount. About a year and a half ago, I pulled together an executive team. This was huge because whenever you launch a company and run it, all those little one-off tasks that nobody wants to do, guess who they roll up to? You're right. It It rolls up to the founder or the CEO. So in addition to being the CEO, which really meant nothing because there's no executives to manage, I did all the little grunt work, which I don't mind doing. But if you want to scale, you really need to focus on the high impact items and get help with those. And also, I was doing things I was good at, not great at. So again, about a year and a half ago, we launched the executive team. And that has been transformative because we elevated people to give them more responsibility to empower them and to get out of their way. So how did we pull that off? I forget which episode, but we brought, we started doing it through EOS, the Entrepreneur Operating System. It's from the book Traction. And we literally follow that that to a T. And I cannot speak highly enough with how that has helped us create an executive team and run a company the right way. So what what is working right now? Actually, I'll even talk about the, the landscape with our agency. So let's go back a year. This time a year ago, things were humming along and crushing. I thought we were going to go to the moon. It was going so well. We got hit pretty hard in Q3 with the pullback in the market. And that definitely stalled our growth. It did start to pick up though a little bit in Q1 with the SVB bank stuff that happened around March. We saw a little bit of pause, but just in the last two months, we've seen demand really go up. So I do feel like we have some some tailwinds in our direction. We're seeing it from the lead volume. The other thing is you're seeing a lot of companies wanting to be more aggressive and offensive to hire a growth agency. You have Google, which is basically getting rid of their Google Analytics to go to GA4, which is kind of horrible, but that's okay. That's another conversation. And they're getting rid of Google Optimize. So a lot of people need our help with that, which is nice. So that's what I'm seeing with the landscape. So what are we doing that's working and not working? So what is working? It's funny. For a while, we were the marketing agency that really sucked at marketing. We were the cobbler with no shoes. And we intentionally decided to not be that. And we're, we're seeing the fruits of that labor pay off a little bit. We've been very aggressive with our content marketing, with putting stuff out on social, with building our email list that just crossed 11,000 people. And that's starting to, to pay off. We've been more aggressive on the paid ads. We're making custom landing pages. We're seeing that work. One day I can get into the unit economics of what we pay for a lead and what we pay for an actual customer, which might surprise people. And so that that's that's actually going pretty well. And then we're doing some stuff with cold email outreach, which I hate cold email, but it's actually working. And we're trying to be very non-annoying, not annoying with it, but just doing free work for people. So that's good. That's working. What is not working? Pricing's hard. We, we've been playing around with different pricing models and some are working really well. Some really impact our margins. And so that's something that, that's tough. Another thing is, as you scale and grow, finding the right people, putting people in the right roles is always an issue. I like 
I really can't sleep when I have to turn down a client because we can't fulfill it. That just pains me. And so always want to have people that can fulfill the work you sell without killing your margins is the ultimate juggling act with any service or agency. And then the last thing, for better or worse, you are talking to the head of sales at Growth Hit. And it is exhausting as much as I want to be this founder CEO. Over 50% of the time, I'm, I'm smiling and dialing. I'm doing the discovery calls. I'm doing the closing calls. I'm doing the negotiations, which it's a love-hate because I actually really love talking to founders. I get inspired by their ideas. I actually like talking to people. But when I, I did one day where I had seven sales calls before noon, and I literally couldn't like form a sentence after that, and it's a little draining. And... It's, I'm at the point I, I've got to invest in sales if I want this to be a company that can go to the next level. So that's probably one of my goals for the second part of the year. So that's kind of what I, I'm seeing with our, our agency and like the current landscape. But what, what I wanted to do is, is I've been this person that went from like a freelancer to I, I kind of had an agency, but it was a lie because I was cobbling together a bunch of freelancers to now I, I finally have an executive team. We have systems for everything we do. What are some of the frameworks I use to get there? If anyone's kind of in that boat where it's, this is hard, how do I go from willing something into existence to having a real company? So here's the first framework I think through. Whenever you see a problem, don't default to giving answers. Try and ask yourself, are you asking the right question? Which is a little counterintuitive and it makes you pause. But when we are looking at the issue of, hey, how do we get more leads? How do we get more business? The, the default is to be the hero where it's, oh, I got this. I know what we do. Do more ads, do more content marketing, do cold email, do all those things. And now I'm not saying we shouldn't do those. But the right thing is, okay, I want more business. How should I think about that? How do I get customers? Or maybe the question is, how do I have customers come to us where we're a market of one and it's not competitive? Oh, with that line of thinking, we need to create a framework or strategy that's unique to them and unique to us where we have a mini monopoly. And as you go down that thought process, it makes you think differently in how you attack problems. And that framework's been extremely helpful. So that's one. Ask questions before you give answers. Today's podcast is brought to you by me. That's right. I forked over the money. I bought this ad unit for this specific episode. My kids won't go to college, but it's fine. Very expensive. All right. So here's what I want to talk about today. We have a weekly newsletter. We call the Startup Growth Newsletter. And if you're listening to this episode, there's a chance you might like this newsletter as well. Every week we talk about three new startups that inspire us and ones that can inspire your next idea. We give you two growth tactics you could use to grow your company. And then one new tool that hopefully will give you superpowers. We also share what we're building in public. We send that every Thursday on the dot at 5 a.m. Um, and so go check it out. It's on the growthhit.com website. It's growthhit.com slash resources slash startup growth newsletter. Just go to growth hit, you'll find it. Second, if you're anywhere in your growth journey, we probably have something that could help you from a growth program we put out to helping you with the landing page with one day design to being your plug and play growth team. We'd love to talk to you. 
We've had four companies get acquired this year. We've had companies raise over $50 million. We've seen some exciting things. We've seen brands go on Shark Tank. We've seen them get funded by Andreessen Horowitz. Would love to talk to see if there's a way we could help. And uh, I still do sales. So that means you and I will be in a conversation. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, Um, but really appreciate you supporting this podcast and everything we put out. But now back to the episode. Second, delegate to elevate. There's this book that's, I believe the title is What Got You Here Won't Get You There. A lot of people are successful because you just will stuff into existence. You'll work weekends, you'll work late nights, you'll wake up early. That is good to a point. At some point, that becomes your weakness. And you need to delegate to people better than you, elevate them so you can focus on what you're uniquely great at. This is one of the hardest things to do. And it's funny because when I started off as an agency owner, people like, oh, hire junior, train them. And that is good with certain roles, but other roles, hire the person that's been there, done that, hire the expert, and they will do it 10x better than you. Another one that I have is coach don't manage. I hate the word manager. I hate that I like have these people that I manage. I don't say it. I like coaching. I like more of a flat hierarchy. So whenever I'm meeting with someone on a one-on-one or with the team, I don't look at myself as a manager and I don't want our managers to. I look at us as coaches that are trying to get the most out of our rock star NBA team. And I think that's a much more fun way to approach. It's more collaborative. It's more about inspiring. Another one that I have is this idea. It's, It's super simple, but it's default to AI. With every task I'm doing, how can I quickly think through what can AI do to make this easier or simpler? For example, I'm looking to hire a salesperson, a sales rep, and I was like, oh, I have to make all these SOPs and do this work. And Adam in my entrepreneurship group was like, no, you don't. Use this Zoom plugin called Read AI. It'll make transcripts for you and script out all your sales calls. I was like, oh my gosh, that saves me a lot of time. So whenever possible, default to testing and using AI. Another framework that I'm doing is when you think about where you can have impact, ask yourself, where are the leverage points in the business or where are the bottlenecks? Because that's probably where you need to focus because that's usually where companies stall or where companies can hit a non-linear growth leap. So when you think of leverage points, what are options for that? So obviously it's pricing is one. One is around like, what is your offer? Another is around what is your distribution channels from paid channels to free channels to referral channels? What are ways you can use leverage to go to the next scale, the the next point? And as you think of like the definition of leverage, there's different forms of it. You have forms of money. You have it in the form of leveraging people. You can use technology. You can use scalable things like content. What are your leverage points in your business? And also, what are your bottlenecks? Your bottleneck could be with people. Like with us, it's how many people can we hire? So if a bottleneck is people that can manage accounts and get on meetings, how could we remove meetings with some of our work? Or how can we not be so dependent on people and be dependent on process? These are the fun thought exercises I, I would like to go down when I'm thinking of growing a company. The last or the last two is pick up the pace. I, I think I was inspired from the book Amp It Up by Frank, I think, Slootman. And are you going fast enough? I think if you have truly A players on your team, 
you can push them harder than you realize. Whenever you're working on a project or initiative, and I like to have sprints of projects or initiatives and to set goals, even if they're somewhat arbitrary. Like we did one for the email list. We go from 5,000 to 10,000. And we were like, let's track against it. And by doing that, we had the goal and we did not weekly meetings, but we did daily standups asynchronously through Slack. And just by going through that rhythm and picking up the pace, we're all focused on something and we got to that goal much quicker. So that, that was one where I want to do more of it. And I'm actually mad at myself for not doing that. The last one that I have is I think a lot of people aren't thinking big enough. Everyone's working hard, working the same amount of hours in the day. But why do certain teams or people have these 10x returns where the other ones, it's a 10% return? How can you think bigger? One example we had is we're testing cold email outreach. And before, we'd use Mailshake, great tool. And we're sending 20 emails a day. And we're getting some results. But it takes time. And you kind of almost forget about it. We did it again. And we're like, how can we think bigger? So instead of building one email account to do it, we build eight email accounts. We went from sending you know, 20 emails a day to 200 a day. And the exciting thing is that compounds. In two weeks, one campaign sent 200 when we did it the old way. The new campaign where we're thinking bigger did 2,000. Sorry, the one did 200 in two weeks. Our new campaign did 10,000. We did it at a 10x bigger scale. And the result from that is more sales calls, more learnings, and accelerating where we want to go. And that's something that if you're going to do something, pause and ask, how can I go bigger on it? So those are seven frameworks I've been playing around with. I literally write them in post-it notes and put them around me just to remind myself. Because as I get deep into the workday, I get into this like to-do list killing mode where I'm just trying to bang out tasks. And that's good and bad. The bad is I don't think strategically. I don't pause and be like, oh, wait, am I focusing on the high impact things? Am I doing something that can truly drive the business to the next level? But again, it's, it's a give and take when you're running a company, doing the, the small tasks that can have a 10% return versus doing the task that could have a, a 10x return. All right. The last thing I want to hit on is something I'm a little bit obsessed with when it comes to growth. So let, let me know if this is helpful. You can hit me up on Twitter. But there's a, a framework we've been playing around with, which it doesn't have a fun name. I'm calling it the growth calendar, which is pretty lame. But I have four things that I'm thinking through with it. And it goes like this. Look at your next 12 months. And how are you scheduling out your growth? Because it's not about having tasks, but it's actually about putting it on the calendar. And as you look at your 12 months, I want you to think of two things first. <clears throat> think of all the things you do to grow your business in two simple categories. One is, what are your always-on growth tactics and channels? I'm talking, you're always doing Facebook ads, you're always doing Google ads, you're always doing SEO, right? Those are things that as you grow, you want to become black belt at those. But the companies that go to the next level, they do something in a category I call not, not always on growth. I call marketing moments. And how can you engineer these marketing or growth moments throughout the next 12 months? Ideally, every month or every two weeks. And some of these can be big, epic marketing moments. You're doing a huge launch, a huge collaboration. Others can be small. Others can be an announcement, a product launch, a PR stunt, influencer collaborations, pick a fight on, on social. 
Because what I found is like after working with 150 plus companies, one of the biggest factors in what makes a founder successful versus the ones that don't, the ones that are successful are scrappy and they're always making noise. They're always having these marketing moments. So it's something we're trying to do as well. The two other components to this is, okay, you're like, all right, Jim, got it. I'm going to work on my growth events, my always own growth channels or tactics, got it. And then I'm going to schedule out these marketing moments or growth events throughout the next 12 months. Where you can get really sophisticated is factor in what are your peaks in your business and what are your troughs. So for example, you're an e-commerce company, you sell, I don't know, you sell fashion. Q4 is going to be huge for you just because of Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So that's a peak. You're going to want to go big there. Another one is maybe, you know, leading up to summer or travel. That's another kind of peak. You have natural troughs like Q1 and maybe Q3. So based on your business model, what are your growth events? What are your always on growth channels that you can do factoring in that seasonality? Because in those peaks, it's about maximizing demand. In the troughs, it's about engineering demand. Because in those troughs, that's when you can be more experimental. That's where you can have more fun. In those peaks, that's where you want to be really buttoned up and dialed in. But th this is a framework we've been playing around with with some clients, something that we're trying to test ourselves. I would love to know your, your thoughts on it. But yeah, that was my update on Growth Hit and everything that we're doing. We'd love to get your feedback on these types of episodes, but more to come. Thank you. I'll give a few plugs. First, I send a weekly newsletter each Thursday featuring five articles or tools that have helped me. You can sign up for these weekly updates at jimwhuffman.com. Second, for anyone running a startup, if you need help growing your business, check out Growth Hit. Growth Hit serves as your external growth team. After working with over 100 startups and generating a quarter billion in sales for clients, Growth Hit has perfected a growth process that's hell-bent on driving ROI through rapid experiments. Plus, you'll get to work with yours truly. So if you want to work with a team that's worked with startups that have been funded by Andreessen Horowitz or featured on Shark Tank, then check out growthhit.com. And finally, I wrote a book called The Growth Marketer's Playbook that takes everything I've learned as a growth mentor for venture-backed startups, and I've distilled it down to 140 pages. So instead of hiring a growth team, save yourself some money, get the book, and you can just do it yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear feedback. I'm on Twitter at Jim W. Huffman. 